So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode six of season five, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael's mom kiss and make up. Gabby reveals her legal troubles with Chris. Nathan shows Skylar his jealous side. Monique is the getaway driver in a car chase with Derek. And Cameron drops some mediocre rhymes with a very supportive heiress. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going okay. We are, oh, today is supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. Is it really? Yeah, it's supposed to be the Monday after Martin Luther King. Oh, because everybody looks at it and they're like, oh, no. The holidays, holidays are over. And now yeah. it's winter. going to be winter for another unimaginably long. I don't know. I like it because the, the days are at least getting longer. Like I noticed that at like 5 o'clock, 5.15, I was like, oh, it's still a little bit light outside. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's nice. I mean, there's good things to look ahead. But yeah, I wish it would warm up a little. That would make me a little happier. Oh, I get that, and I won't get that for a few months yet. But um, <laughs> somebody who is warming up is Justine, um, kind of. She's trying to warm up to his family. So Justine is doing Michael's hair, and he's saying goodbye to his kids, who are going back with his mom, and it sounds like they're going back to a different state like Rhode Island. So mom and the sisters show up to pick up the kids, and Justine pulls them aside to apologize to her for her behavior at the cookout. She kind of wanted her uh, apology back from them, and she kind of-ish got it. But they were – it's one of those apologies where like, well, I apologize, but I was still right and you were wrong for doing what you did and <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Um, but she talks about how she bites her tongues – how she bites her tongue a lot of the time when she feels disrespected and it kind of ended up in a blowout. And so we're all like, well, you know, this is a weird family that's going to take a lot of time to make work and you got to, you know, let us know some of the times you feel disrespected before it gets to that. So once they go, Michael, everybody leaves and Michael has to go and check in with his parole officer. So we do get a commercial segment with them and they talk about why they're always wearing matching outfits. And <laughs> it sounds like it was kind of a cute idea Michael had one time and Justine was like, I love it. We're doing that all the time now. That's us. <laughs> yeah. We're that couple. Um, because she likes how it's um, – he lets her know who he belongs to. Gosh. weird. So anyway, they're all dressed in matching black outfits now when they go to his parole meeting. Or, yeah, it was probation, parole. I think it was probation. Yeah. Um, so he's nervous because his kids live in a different state. So he wants to be able to leave the state because he has travel plans to go see them. And he's going to be on, on probation for 20 years. So this mm -hmm. is not an issue that's going to go away anytime soon. So they can't film inside the facility. And then 40 minutes later, he comes out and he says he's pretty disappointed. The officer said for at least for the first 60 days, he won't be able to leave the state. And he also has a cute curfew. And like if there's any kind of thing where he has any police contact at all, like even if he calls the police because his house got broken into, like Gosh. he has to – he has to call her to let – so to, but he can like document it with her first. So it's frustrating for him and for Justine because it's kind of like, you know, he just got out of prison. She had put her life on hold. And now they're still kind of in this holding pattern, especially when you consider that Michael wanted to w move to Las Vegas, right? Yeah. So he's also worried about – about how this will hurt his professional projects, not just because of the Vegas move, but because these restrictions are just going to, in general, make him more difficult to work with. He can't go to New York for this. He can't go out of state for the um, video shoot or anything like that. So um, I guess it. we'll start with the, with the first part we saw with the parents. Um, I mean, do you think that was a step in the right direction or was that everybody just putting on a good face for Michael? Yeah, I think it's a little of both. Um, I mean, in the end, Justine's going to raise her kids the way that she wants to raise them. But, you know, I think people in general want to feel like they're being heard, even if you're not actually following what they their advice. So I do think his mom, as long as you kind of presented in a way that's valuing her opinion, even if you don't do it, I think that goes that is a step in the right direction. But I don't know. They were just so easy to kind of let it go, all parties, that it just seemed to me like, oh, this was like the fake storyline you guys were kind of pursuing before you actually had a real 
challenges, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. What if nothing else happens? We have to have something. Right. <laughs> and she's friends with the mom, which is why I kind of think that, right? Well, but the, mom, the mom had introduced them to yes, each other. Right. Yes. And so, like, mom saying, oh, well, I brought them together. I can tear them apart is, like, a little dramatic. And I kind of feel like that's, you know, what they were kind of going for. But, <laughs> you know, because before the uh, probation situation it's like by all accounts it kind of seemed like they were they didn't have any drama really and so it's like they gotta muster up some drama that's that's true that's true but hopefully now it seems like we have something with the probation but this is another one that seems like like 20 years probation after a well it was a long jail term right it was like six year jail term yeah like that seems that's like that's 26 years of being like on the books that I mean, we've seen that with Amber and Puppy, right? They're the ones who have the the longest probation. But Mm -hmm. And we have other people here that are on probation too that don't have 20 years of probation. Yeah. Right? It just seems – that does seem difficult because it's like, well, at the end of the day, if you're thinking it's not about deserve or what was the appropriate punishment or whatever that – that's not – that is a point that can be made, an argument to be made. But I'm like, how do you expect this guy to get his life together and stop doing what you put him in jail for if – He's stuck in this probation situation where any wrong move could put him on the wrong side of the law. Yeah, I think that and you got to think about it from the state's perspective, too. What a like a infinite well like resource, right? You have to hire that many parole officers to handle all these people that are I can only assume you're basically accumulating more and more prisoners that are in the system like out in the real world and it's just like oh my gosh who's paying for all these like resources it just seems like such a drain on the state resources to like keep tabs and it's like how successful is this because i know like the purpose and the point of a lot of these programs is they're trying to set these people up for you know not getting in trouble again so how successful is keeping a very strict watchful eye on someone you know, for 20 years. Is that really preventing them from going back to a life of crime? Is it really preventing them from going back to prison? Like, I would want to see the stats. Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's very high. Um, I think it I think it ends up with a huge recidivism rate because that's Mm -hmm. that's my point is, okay, so now you can't leave the state. So now you leave the state and you're a criminal. Well, I'm breaking the law for this one little thing. I might as well go. And part of that is is where I live, too, because I live in a Mm -hmm. tiny geographic state. Yeah. Like, it's very un it's very right. unfair to be like you can't leave California and you're like Okay. That's fine. We talked about that over the weekend. You don't leave California. Great. I can go surfing. I can go skiing. I can go up the skiers. I can see right. like forests and things. I I'm fine. But if you tell somebody, yeah, you can't leave Rhode Island, you're like, Well, I can't like I could throw a ball and but it leaves Rhode Island. I can't <laughs> right. what are you talking about. Right. That's incredibly limiting. Yeah. It just Yeah. And then also, I feel like his parole versus like we mentioned Puppy and Amber's parole. It's like other than them just kind of knowing generally that they have to get permissions for things. um, It didn't really sound as restrictive to me because it seems like Puppy and Amber are just kind of living their life. I think the difference may be that they also just are okay with staying in Georgia and they're not trying to leave or whatever unless it's for vacations. And then they just know beforehand that they just got to ask their parole officer like before. But it doesn't sound like their parole officer is like actively in their lives so much. Right. And that's kind of the discretion I don't like giving to like individual officers. Mm -hmm. Like, is it up to the officer how much help how Michael's ass he can be? Yeah. Like if he decides he didn't like this guy, I'm going to pop up on him every two days and make him take a piss test. Like can right. he do that versus like another guy that he gets along with well? He doesn't – all right. Well, you know, that, that to me, that's the people I've known who have been on probation. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. It's like, oh, every six weeks they call me and tell me I have to come in next week. So I just don't drink before I go and right. then that's it. Like I go and it's fine and I just go, oh, how you doing? Like still working. Like, okay, yeah. bye. Like that's it. Right? Yeah. And, and but you know this one he's he he did say the guy could pop up at any time but again then we're talking about the resources well how many 
people is this person responsible for? Is he, he can't right. pop up on 400 people. <laughs> if he's yeah, got exactly. That, that so that's why it's like, I, I don't understand from a state's perspective why they would want to be responsible for checking up on someone so often for so long. Yeah. And that's the thing is that so just so much of our, of this, of the, this country's criminal procedures isn't about like, what works? That's what I want to know. If, if spending that much money actually yeah. does keep people from committing crimes, then I'm kind of okay with, with spending that much money right. if it puts people back. But if you're just like, no, they need to be punished harder. Let's just spend money to punish them regardless of the out end outcome. Then I'm like, yeah. why are we doing that? That's dumb. That's a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like a consideration. I mean, I don't really know what their state situation is, but it seems sure. like they would need to have some kind of finding. <laughs> but let's uh, move on to something not as political, uh, but still having to do with, uh, you know, parole and all that. Well, I guess everybody kind of has to deal with that, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about Gabby and Chris. So it's the morning after their big fight after Chris's uh, first night out of the halfway house. And Chris knows he has to try and make it work because Gabby is his wife. Chris wants to butter up Gabby by attempting to make coffee and bring her breakfast in bed. But ends up just being like packaged brownies. Gabby was hoping that they would be able to enjoy their first night together. Chris wasn't expecting married life to be like this exactly. He gives up on the coffee and opts for pouring some juice instead. He goes to bring uh, Gabby his version of breakfast in bed and Gabby eventually gets out of bed to make them a real breakfast. Gabby asks if Chris even wants to be married, and he says he does want to be married. He says he's done with entertaining bitches, and he apologizes to Gabby and asks for her forgiveness. Gabby smiles, and Chris tries to kiss her with his mouth full of food, and Chris doesn't want her to be a woman scorned, so he plans on showing and proving his love to her. Later, Chris has to check in with a parole officer. He's suspicious about what Gabby is up to because she looks really dressed up on his way out. On his way to the train station, he sees the car that he bought Gabby, and now he's extra suspicious and kind of mad because he can't understand why he has to take the train everywhere, even to see his parole officer if the car really isn't in the shop, as Gabby claimed. He calls Gabby down to the car to demand answers, and she tells him that she got her license suspended because she tried to avoid getting a ticket by attempting to outrun a cop. She didn't want to tell Chris, and now he doesn't think he can trust her because he can't understand why she just didn't tell him. Now Gabby says that she might have to go to prison because she got caught up, as she says. She refuses to talk to him about this on camera and takes off her mic and won't talk to him unless he goes with her over off into the corner, I guess. Mm -hmm. Gabby says she can't talk about her legal issues under advisement of her lawyer. Chris says he doesn't care about the car or anything. He just wants her to be honest with him. He's worried about what being a felon means for their relationship. Gabby is going to see her lawyer and uh, Chris wishes he knew so he could go with her. Chris tells her to stop lying to him since she's supposed to be his best friend. Gabby claims she was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. She did, says she didn't want to tell Chris before because she can't trust him to be faithful, uh, especially if she ends up going to prison. Gabby goes to see her lawyer, Montel Figgins. She wants to get her license unsuspended. She says she was going 90 in a 45. The lawyer says that there may be mandatory suspension and she really mm -hmm. cannot be driving. She then brings up a criminal case because... As she tells it, she was really drunk and charged with aggravated assault against the security guard at a club. Montel says that she could face up to five years. Gabby wants to try her luck at trial, and Montel tells her it might take two years for her trial to be over. Montel brings up the possibility of Chris not being able to stay with her at her home, and Gabby says that Chris will probably cheat on her day one if she ends up going to prison. Gabby asks if he handles divorces as well because she just wants to be prepared for what she thinks is the inevitable cheating. All right. So do you think that Gabby really is so worried that Chris will cheat? Then that's the reason why she didn't tell him or there was some other reason she was trying to keep this from him. I don't understand the logic for it for the I didn't tell him because I thought he would cheat. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. So I feel like it's some other reason. I think. 
I mean, the most obvious thing is she's just embarrassed about it and she yeah. thought she could make it go away without him knowing about it. Right. Um, and also, because I also think that if she ends up having to go to jail, now she doesn't have like that upper hand in the relationship that she yes. liked. Where it's like, well, you know, you got out of jail. So, but yeah, I don't know. She just, she irritated me so much this episode. She yeah. was just. Everything she did was irritating because I hate how defensive she gets. Yes. Right when he does that, when she's like, he was like, "What did you do?" She's like, "I just got caught up. Shut up. You're the one who's in trouble. I don't know what to do. No, 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 no. You, you, you did it wrong. We can't even talk here. No." And she's like yelling at him the whole time when she's the one confessing that she got in a lot of trouble and did really stupid shit. Oh yeah, because I mean, at first I thought that she was really in trouble for the ninety and a forty-five, which I'm like, that's ridiculous. Why are you doing that? But then she talks about her, and she referred to it as her captain save a cousin, and it's like you're really going to get in a fight with a security guard at a club for your cousin, like I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. she doesn't want to tell, like you said, uh, Chris, uh, because she's embarrassed. But also, Chris is close to his family, and I feel like if he relays all this information to his family, they're just gonna go. Told you so, because this is what they've been saying the whole time. They've been saying Gabby is argumentative. She's violent. It's like, yeah, aggravated assault on a cop. Yep. Yep. Violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and just the, the way she puts things, even when she talked to a lawyer, I would honestly, I'm not a lawyer. But to me, this sounds like one of the worst clients to possibly have. This yeah. is a client who... Like uh, they're about to go to trial like the next day and she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, there's one other thing. And you're like, right. Oh, my God. You have to tell me everything. This is how lawyering works. Yeah. Right? Because like even to us, she lied to us. Yeah. Like she was like, oh, no, I got my like she had her license suspended. And she told Chris that and told mm -hmm. us before she went over the side. It was like, oh, it was just dumb. I wasn't even speeding. The cop was lying. And then she goes to the lawyer and be like, yeah, I was doing 90 and a 45. And then I got caught like two more times on a suspended license, which means she got pulled over again. Yeah. Right. Because she'd been crazy. Because she'd been driving crazy for whatever yeah. reason. Right. So and, and that's it. 90 and a 45. That's not a speeding ticket. That's a reckless driving ticket. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. And so. Like everything she kind of does to shade it back and like, come on, do I believe for one second that she was the one being the hero when she aggravated assault the – assaulted the security guard and got no. – also has charges for terroristic threats? Right. Like, no. <laughs> like, like, no. Like I don't believe her at all anymore. Not no. that I believed her all that much to begin with. Especially when she describes it so vaguely as like, I got caught up. I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like, mm, no. That kind of makes it sound like you got hit by something, you know, and you were the unlucky yes. person who got blamed for it or, so, you know, something weird like that where it's like you literally did nothing. But if you're assaulting an officer, you made decisions. Yes, you did. Like, yes, the, the it, 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 she made it sound like, yes, she was in a bar and some like bottle came across the thing, hit her in the head. And since she was bleeding, they were like, well, you're arrested. You're bleeding. Right. We got to bring you in. Right. Yeah. It's like that is not what happened <laughs> no definitely not what happened so yeah uh i i just actually i haven't chris has not been on my at the top of my list right but right. i was actually really surprised how even after this he was like well maybe i wasn't doing things that i should have been doing like I'm going to make this work and it was just like such a positive attitude i wasn't expecting it to come from someone like chris yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I feel like I feel like he likes it if she's like more on his level and he doesn't like, you know, yeah. I don't think that he hates the idea of her like also have spent time in jail. And then to him, it's like for the for kind of the same reason. It's like, well, now I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm not the loser in this relationship or whatever. <laughs> I'm not the one who gets you don't get to hold things over me anymore. We're on, right. we're on more even footing. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Eris and Cameron first. Oh goodness! All right, so we're we start. They say it's about four hours after Cameron's re-release, and he's excited to get where he wants to go straight to the studio, which is his element. So now Eris gets to see him in his element. He says, he says that music is all he thought about when he was locked up. And before they even get to the studio, they start arguing about how much drinking he should do while he's there. Mm. So he gets there and daps everyone up and they talk about a little bit about how he met Eris and how they're getting married like in two days on Saturday. 
And it's a shock to his friend Nelson, who didn't didn't think Cameron was the marrying type. He says maybe he came out of prison, a changed man. So everyone laughs at the story that he tells. You know, he's he's one of those hold court guys, right? I'm going to sit here and tell the most flamboyant version of his story I can, and everyone's yeah. going to be paying attention to me. So he, about, it's a story about how he got tased and arrested. And he said, you know, it's the first time he's gone to jail after a long life of thugging. So he must have <laughs> been pretty good at it. So he tells us that he wrote a ton of music while he was locked up. And then we hear some of his rhymes. Eris is blown away by his skills. And then she starts to get eh, a little disappointed and salty when the Patron and Champagne start flowing. Then she ends up kind of like leaving in frustration. But that doesn't stop them from being back in the hotel soon, laying in bed and thinking about what they need to do to get married. And also making gross sex jokes again. <laughs> so he says he's going to need to meet with his sisters um, when he go. He'll meet with his sisters when he goes to get his suit. And that's the first time Eris is going to meet them. So we also talk about her daughter, Lena, who I guess is in town from Florida now. And they're going to see her after the sisters. And she needs her stamp of approval before the wedding, which at this point is going to be tomorrow. So they are trying to think of something to do with her, which I guess we'll see next episode. Yeah. So they leave the hotel and then go to see his um, his PO, who you know we hope isn't an asshole, especially in considering that he's trying to leave the state and move to Florida with Eris. So again, no cameras allowed, and he comes out with a list of places he can and can't go. So they have to wait sixty days days for a decision on whether he can go to Florida or not. But they say that him being married and having family there is probably going to help and especially he can make the argument that like, well, I always get in trouble in Cincinnati and a new place. So he'll be on probation between 18 months and three years depending on how well he does out in the real world. So she's hoping that he'll be able to stay sober so it's closer to 18 months instead of a three years. So the next stop is the marriage license which is uneventful. They just walk out with it. It's like, yay. So then it's time to see the sisters in the suit. So they don't know anything about the wedding tomorrow and he's planning on just yeah, bringing it up on them. So he's not sure if this is the best time for them to meet Eris, but eh, there's really no other time left. <laughs> so inside, we meet his sister Stephanie who's wearing very high heels and a very interesting shirt that just yeah. has the middle completely cut out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> just – and her – no bra or anything. Her boobs are just flying out of his shirt left and right. <laughs> so they consistently have to keep blurring her boobs because they are just out. <laughs> Um, so he starts off by telling Stephanie that the wedding's tomorrow and Eris steps aside. So, you know, steps aside so that his, Cameron can talk to his sister, whose first question is, is she pregnant? <laughs> and then that's when his other sister, Kia, walks in to get introduced to his fiance. So finally, the shop guy takes Cameron to go to his measurements and the sisters start asking about the situation and she shows them the ring. Stephanie hopes they're just taking this thing seriously and not rushing into anything. She also asks why – why not wait, like especially if you have a daughter, to see if this works out and before like going all in to see if really spend any time with him. But you know, but doesn't really have an answer for that besides like, but I love him. It's nice and I'm going to do this. So Cameron comes out with his uh, suit option number one, which is a hot pink tux. God. So the sisters then step out because yeah, the mall is about to close and they have to go get something to wear for tomorrow. So there doesn't seem to be too much friction yet and the sisters hope it works out well, but yeah, they're the kind of people who will pull up if they have to. They just pull up. We'll pull up. Beep, beep. Let's go. Which <laughs> I can see where the family resemblance comes from. Okay. All right. So I want to go back to the studio because you kind of – we talked about this last time with Michael. We got to hear some of Cameron's rhymes. Yeah. Right? Here's some of these. What did you think about Cameron the rapper? I thought it was pretty bad. It was awful. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't just me. <laughs> I was like, this is really bad. Why does Eris think this is so good? I mean, it did sound better once it was mixed in with music because uh, we really only hear what's going on in the recording booth. So we don't hear the, you know, the backing. Uh, but with the backing, it was like marginally better, but I thought overall it was, it was really bad. He was, was like, he was two steps away from saying my name is Cameron and I'm here to say like he was <laughs> really, really bad. Like it yeah. was like just generic stuff about the diamonds in my watch make you take talk. But it was like it was so bad. It was, and, and the fact that she was like it was more – it was better than I could have imagined it being. I was like – It's like did you imagine it being shitty? And please, Eris, let me make you a playlist of actually good rap music oh my that, we can, that you can listen to. Yeah. It wasn't good. Like I mean at least I thought Michael's was pretty good. Um, but even then I was kind of like, oh, you know, 
it would have been better for me to hear it behind music. I think sure. Michael's, no, Michael's is, would have sounded better without. And Michael, like I said, I don't think he's good enough to really make it as a superstar. Mm-hmm. Is he better than I would be? Yes. Like Michael was better than I, I would be at rapping. Yeah. Right. Cameron, I don't think was. I was gonna say you're coming for Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I could get, I could take Cameron. Yeah. Especially when you give me like two years to write lyrics, I think I could, <laughs> I think I could manage it. Yeah, uh, that whole thing was kind of odd to me. Um, I just, it's interesting to me. It's like, did did the people who like his little entourage, they all think he's good because he had a lot of people in the studio with him. Right. And I don't know whose studio was it. Were they paying for the studio time? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't – I just never know what's going on. And because it seems it, – it's got to be just one because it seems like it's somebody has to have his studio and they're just hanging out at it. it, it, it and they're not paying for the time because if they were paying for the time, you wouldn't be sitting around smoking cigarettes and popping champagne and drinking Patron when you're like, no, we – like. This is costing us $300 an hour. We can't just sit here and drink Patron <laughs> yeah. and not be using the equipment. Like get in there and lay another lay something else down. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Maybe they were like that because production was paying for it. Yeah, that could be right. That could be it. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It seems like this is my element. This is my place. But it does seem like it's his element. The element where he tells stories and drinks. Yeah. You know, like like there's lots of guys who do stuff they suck at. How many guys play golf and suck at it, but they go play golf every weekend? Like, Yeah, but they're not trying to quit their job to be a professional golfer. That's also true. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> yeah, I, do- I doubt Cameron has any motivation to do any other work other than making music. Yeah, but you he just but he he doesn't take it seriously. Um and I just by what we saw and but he doesn't take anything seriously. No, not really. Yeah, but I don't understand why Eris is on board with all of this. Okay, yeah. also I was kind of confused because didn't Cameron say the whole reason why he was trying to get married like Tomorrow was because he was supposed to see his PO on Monday, but then he ends up seeing his PO before and he already gets the lowdown on whether or not he can move. So it's just like, well, I don't get it. So what is the hurry on the wedding if you've already talked to your PO and you've already said that, you know, oh, you're not married, but you're getting married tomorrow. Like that's not going to make a difference now that they've made a decision. Because the decision decision's not coming for 60 days. So it seems to me it's like as long as you're married before that 60 days, right, you're right. probably fine. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, like they could have waited a month. I think a month is even better for her to get her friends and family involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't know who else she wants besides her daughter. And let's, let's hope that Stephanie is wearing more appropriate clothing in front of her oh, nine-year-old gosh. daughter. <laughs> I need someone to explain that shirt to me. How do you not get like a ticket for wearing that shirt? Her boobs were just out. I'm so confused. I don't know, but I feel like people kind of ignore a lot of stuff that's out and about, you know? So it's just like, because no one wants to confront people, you know, over stupid things like that, you know? It's not like they're really hurting anyone by dressing that way. So I feel like a lot of people, especially now, are trying to avoid any unnecessary confrontations. I, I, yes, but if I was walking around with my dick out, I would be arrested. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends on how badly uh, they want to confront you about it. I feel like a lot of people would just like, you know. No, but eventually somebody would be like, would call the cops and be like, there's some dude walking around with his dick out. Like that would happen. <laughs> and they would roll up on me. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I think more so because people who do things like that specifically are usually high on something. So there are bigger <laughs> issues involved, right? That's true. He's also walking around chanting to himself and being weird. Yes. Right. I don't know if the sister is like high on anything. I think it's a fashion choice. It's a choice of some kind. It is. It is a choice. I will give her that. It is a choice. Um, but I don't know. I, don't, I also don't think Cameron's like reasoning for why are you throwing your nine year old daughter into this so quickly? Yeah, really held any water at all. Like, and, and so that I, I'm mostly worried about the daughter. Like that seems like the person who's going to take. You know, who this situation could could hurt the most. Yeah. Well, speaking of kids, what in the world? The sisters are like, is she pregnant? It's like, She's you've like, been out of the halfway house for a day. Eh, 
I mean, she could have. They could have had some sneaky time in the halfway house, oh I suppose. Gosh. Like there could be something involved. But yes, it was. And I don't know that they actually know the timeline as well as it was. But it was like, well, if she was, we wouldn't know yet. Like <laughs> she exactly. might be. I don't know. That's why I was like, why would you go to that? Given like he's been okay. unavailable. We, I know, but I, I mean, that's going to be the go-to anytime somebody's like um, goes from. We're not engaged. I didn't even know you were engaged to, yeah, we're getting married this week. That right. People jump to pregnant, right? Everyone, yeah. like, you're going to get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to Monique and Derek. Uh, so Derek is encouraging Monique to keep driving. If you recall last week, they started off a car chase. And while Monique wants to pull over and find out who it is, uh, especially since production suspects it might be the family. Monique says that they knew Derek uh, and there were a bunch of women uh, in the car. So that's why she thinks it was his sisters. Monique uh, doesn't feel comfortable being the getaway driver. And the cameraman is not helping the situation. He's in the front seat, but acting like a backseat driver. Derek says he doesn't know who it is and he's worried about gun violence. The cameraman scares everyone saying, someone jumped out and tells Monique to drive off. Monique says she's so scared and she's crying and the producer and the cameraman try to comfort her as Monique says they just need to call the police. Their goal is to get to the crew, the rest of the crew, meet up with them and uh, their security with them. Monique says she doesn't want to stop or switch cars. They're instructing Monique to drive in a circle, essentially, to waste time until security gets there. But she is just refusing and crying. Monique is insisting that security ride in the car with her as they make some transitions uh, so that way they can race back to the hotel. Monique and Derek both say this is the reason why they don't want him to be sticking around. Derek doesn't have any enemies in the area or anyone who wants to hurt him, he thinks. Mm -hmm. They both hold hands as they walk back to their hotel room. The next morning, Derek and Monique are talking about the car chase, and Monique tells Derek she is still convinced it was his sister's. Monique wants to get a new rental car and move to a new hotel, and she's insisting on extending her stay because she doesn't want him out there on his own, and she doesn't want any more threats. Derek wants to go shopping, and he says that he'll take an Uber, but Monique says why do that when she can drive him? But Derek is feeling smothered, so he wants to go shopping by himself. Derek thinks he needs space before things get worse. It ends up that Derek did know who was chasing them in the car. Monique would feel better if uh, she knew who it was, but Derek is planning on dealing with this mystery person himself without telling Monique anything. Derek says that if Monique knew who it really was, she would mess up his world. So, Oh, goodness. What was your take on this whole car chase? Because I think in the moment, it seemed like Derek was genuinely concerned or was he just acting concerned so Monique wouldn't stop and confront the people? Uh, I think probably both. Like he was seemed he did seem genuinely concerned because he didn't know who it was. Right. My impression was at the beginning. Yeah. But once the producer was somebody's getting out of the car, that's when he turned around and saw who it was and was yes. like, oh, it's them. Right. Yeah. And yes, I think from that point on, either he yeah just didn't want Monique to find out who it was, or two, this is actually a legitimately dangerous person. Right. <laughs> it was like actually we really should not stop and keep going. This this person is fucked up right now, and they're going to get yeah. us right. Like, yeah. But I mean, the sounds like the most logical conclusion is it's some sort of old associate or rival of some some sort, right? Well, he made it sound like, uh, well, no, no, no. He didn't make it sound like, but Monique said that when um, they were walking to the cars before this whole car chase happened, she said that one of them said, hey, Derek, and it was a bunch of women in the car. So she didn't get a good look of anyone, but she knew that happened. So it doesn't sound like there's any men. So unless you're talking about an enemy who's a woman who wants him dead. Yeah. But OK. But then, OK. So let's say that say we go with the one they're, they're toward. Then you're saying they're steering us toward this is a another woman he was talking to while he was in prison. Right. Kinda or knew, like or knew beforehand. 
Right. Maybe that, a crazy ex even. Because I could see that too. Because Derek saying like, oh, well, I just need to like tell her to back off. I need to handle it. Because it sounds like he's got to handle it. He didn't make it seem like he was going to like have a liaison with this person. You know, it sounded like he was just trying to clear things up so this wouldn't happen again. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just like, that's a that's a high level of crazy um, oh, yeah. for her to chase them at a high speed chase running red lights because we did that. They're like, oh, they got caught in the red light. Oh, shit. They ran the red light. Right. Yeah. That happened during the chase. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So like that is a pretty intense level of crazy. And oh, I don't yeah. I don't know what why he thinks that like I'll just talk to her and she'll back off and everything will be fine is remotely going to work if they're willing to run red lights to chase you down in a car with security in your car like it it just it doesn't make it does, this is a very committed person that we have here that was following them yeah definitely uh okay what did you think of the cameraman and uh the producer cuz they're the ones who hopped in the car with them they were trying to they take were, control and direct, but I don't know. I felt like they were making things worse. They were freaking her the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> like they were making her so – she was like crying. Yes. She was so scared. Yeah. Right? And, and whatever it ends up being at the end of the day, like Monique seemed like honestly scared for her life yes. while she was trying to drive the car and losing control of the car because she's so freaked out. Right? Yeah. And, and then the you producer, got the cameraman and, and producer yelling at her to do things. Yeah, and it just they, – they were not a calming influence in the no. car <laughs> at no. all, at all. But I also am curious as to – like I feel like we know Monique enough that if she – we know who she thinks it is, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think she's going to do when Derek is out and about doing whatever and shopping? Like – Oh, yeah, confront the sisters. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll have to see if that happens next <laughs> I week. I think that's what she'd do. Why wouldn't Derek think that's what she'd do? I don't understand where he's coming from. It's like this is going to blow up because he, she's going to directly confront the sisters and accuse them of chasing her. And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you crazy person. And then that will set them off. And you know yeah. that they're instigators and yes. not going to tolerate being blamed for something, especially if they really didn't do it. Right, and so it's and but there's there's nothing that she that they could ever say to her that would convince her that they didn't do it. She's just like, why are you lying to me? I know you did it, and it just is going to be awful. Like it's, that's going to wreck his world too. Like uh, he needs needs to think two steps ahead. Derek does. Well, I think honestly, Derek right now just <laughs> wants to get away from Monique. I don't think she's done anything specifically, but. It's clear she's annoying him. And so he's just like, I need space. I feel smothered. And it's like, yeah, and she's extending her trip. Like, this is bad. Like, this couple is not going to last long. No, like, no, to no the way. end of the season, if that, I think we're going to see a breakup or a title card that says they're no longer together. I, I would agree with that. It's just she's not. Because that's the way she is. Even if, if we didn't have this heightened drama of, of whatever – whoever this car chase is, he, she's just – he's just going to get real old of her being, but your sisters, but your sisters, but your sisters, but your sisters, but your sisters. He's going to be like, I can't listen to you talk about my sisters anymore. Right. He's already jumping out and so – yeah, I, I – and she's not going to stop. Yeah. She's not going to be like, oh, maybe I'm being too hard at him about that. She's just going to keep doing what she does. Yeah, definitely. All right. So – Let's. But speaking of other couples that we don't think are going to make it very oh, long, gosh. last up we have Nathan and Skylar. So Skylar finally gets home to see what Nathan has been up to, which is the reason. Remember last time um, he wasn't answering texts and yeah. she was like, oh, my God, she was so scared. And the answer is he's just been taking a nap. Just, I was just napping. That so, sounds like something I would do. It, it does, but <laughs> – I, but I know you well enough to know sometimes Miss H just naps. I do, she, yeah. <laughs> so he wakes, she wakes him up and he's pretty dis- disoriented at first and she kind of yells, gives him a hard time for making her freak out. And he feels bad that he made her feel that way but tries to reassure her that she doesn't have to worry about him overdosing. And, that, uh, and then he like realizes she got her hair done and compliments that. But once she's out of the room, he's like, why did I get in so much trouble for napping? It's not like I was cheating. So – that we're past that now and we get to getting ready for their first date night. So he tells us about how he has his engagement ring that's burning a hole in his pocket. He really wants to make a big production out of the, out of the proposal but doesn't want to overwhelm Skylar right now. So I have 
they're going to have their date night at this riverside patio and they start the night off okay with some strawberry lemonade rosé and a bunch of appetizers. So it's her first drink since getting out and they have a sweet toast before things just go all to hell. Now the thing that prompts stuff going to hell is when Nathan starts to get frustrated that she's texting during the meal and it even goes so far that she like answers a FaceTime call from her friend Dustin. So she doesn't talk to him long before Nathan snatches the phone from her and hangs up because he's not a bitch. Oh, God. Which that phrase comes up a lot. So Dustin calls back and Nathan picks up again and says, sorry, you'll have to call back another time. Hang up. And then Nathan gets very snippy about the whole thing. And Skylar says she doesn't understand why it's such a big deal. Dustin and her are long friends. And why shouldn't she be able to text her friend and take take his calls? So she's in shock that he's acting kind of crazy the way he is. And that so far he's just acting kind of crazy. And it gets crazier as the night goes on. But Dustin keeps calling and Nathan keeps hanging up on him, um, which Dustin, by the way, that sneaks in. He goes, why are you hanging up on me like a female? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that – okay. So Nathan threatens to beat his ass if he ever if he shows up here and goes on for about how he's not a bitch for a while and then decides that they should just leave. But Skylar doesn't want to leave. So now they're fighting about that. So he keeps trying to get her to leave and she's asking him to apologize for making a big deal out of nothing. And she doesn't think it's a big deal that her friend called her and he keeps getting more and more irritated that she won't leave. So eventually he leaves without her, like speeds off in his truck. And so she says he's going to hit sit here and finish the meal alone. But he gets, I don't know, not very far before he calls again to yell at her about, why'd you let me leave alone? I can't believe you did that. <laughs> so she's not really alone though because some guy that – Used to have a crush on her or something before rando. she went to jail. Some rando just buys her a shot. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's an actual rando. Uh, you know, I, I could totally see if some lady's boyfriend was being freaking crazy and then stormed out on her. Somebody would be like, yeah, let's buy that girl a shot. Yeah. <laughs> she needs a shot. But she said she did know the guy. So anyway. Um, so – Anyway, he and he saw that kind of when they were on FaceTime. It pisses him off enough that he comes back and he dumps her shot out and then tries to get out of there. That we just need to leave so I don't beat the crap out of this guy and go back to my old ways. I'm trying to change. So Skylar says that she knows she knew that Nathan was jealous, but really wasn't prepared for this level of jealousy. And she's nervous that this might drive her back. This entire stress might back to, might drive her back to her using. And if that's gonna be the case, then this relationship can't go on. So eventually she agrees to leave and and he peels off again and they both just wanted to have a good night and then they both blame the other person for ruining it. So the episode kind of ends there with them threatening to break up with each other. All right. So, I mean, this is one of those fights, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, that at least in my opinion started off with him being in the right. And then very, very quickly just, just darting to the other side of being the wrong one in the, in the fight, right? I don't even know if it was him in the right so much as Skylar just kind of being innocent of anything, you know? So it's like he was upset about the friend, like, texting. But I felt like she wasn't really doing much to encourage it. She Okay, but my thing was if you're on a date with somebody, you either – the polite thing to do is either don't text back and you yeah. certainly don't answer the phone while they're while you're at the table. Right, right. And answer it like and not answer it like, oh hey, sorry, I'm on a date. I gotta I can call you back later. Like yeah. oh hey. Like like he was right to be irritated at that. She was yeah. not behaving like in it completely in as in, as innocently as she wanted to paint herself. However, his response to this, oh, this yeah. slight. It went south real fast from the moment that he picked up the phone. It's like, no, there's yes. no reason for that. No, you can't snatch. No, what, what, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's that's the that's the line crossing. As soon as you snatch the phone out of your partner's hands, right. you've you've crossed you've crossed on the wrong side of this yeah. argument now. Yeah. And then I just felt like that whole standoff was really just him. It was some kind of weird test. It wasn't about leaving the restaurant. Because it's like, oh, big deal if you leave the restaurant. The phone still goes with you. You know, it's not the restaurant that's the issue. But it was almost like a, if you're with me, you'll leave. Right. And it's like, why did he even come to that? That was so weird. And she was like being more logical about it. Whereas he was definitely making it about something else, which is illogical. You know, Mm -hmm. she was like, well, I'm hungry and our food just got here. Why would I leave now? 
And he was just like, well, either because you're with me to. or you're not. Yeah. She's like, I'm with the food. Like, you know, it's has nothing to do with you. So Yeah, and I mean, he needs a lot more therapy than he's had probably. Yeah. Because, because I mean, you can tell what it was. People with anger management issues and mm-hmm. we all have emotional issues. He was he was flooding, right? He had no – as soon as it happened and he got upset and he snatched a phone from her, he was – he let his emotions and, and his anger – take control of all of his actions. Yeah. Right. And and once you do that, nothing you do makes any logical sense anymore. Right. Like what you say doesn't make any sense. What you're talking to, what you want other people to do doesn't make any sense. And like and I think he wasn't wrong in that he knew once that started happening that the only way to stop it was to completely remove himself from the situation. But I don't know why insi- why he insisted that she go with. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like some weird like test. Like I said, it was like either you're with me or you're not, because I feel like that's how the conversation got to be how it got to be where they're questioning whether or not they should even be with one another, you know, Mm -hmm. and it really kind of started off with Skylar saying, I don't want to be in public. I don't want to be seen in public with you, you know, because of this incident. And then he's like, well, I guess we'll never be in public. I guess we're not together, you know, and I mean. I feel like that was an emotional statement for her to say because she was upset because it's unreasonable, right? If you were to stay together, you're like, okay, I'm committing to this person. I will just never be seen in public ever again with you. It's like, obviously, she doesn't really mean that if you're going to stay together. But he, you know, took it a step further and is like, oh, well, that means we're not going to be together. It's like, well, I feel like if she really meant to say that, she would say that. Right, right, and I mean, and I, I, I'm curious. I wonder how much of it has to do with him feeling, like why he why he exploded like he did. Mm-hmm. With him feel it was jealousy or feeling slighted or what it was because I don't know. I think she was wrong in saying like he's just mad because I'm calling my I'm I'm texting my friend and it was like no he's mad because you're texting your friend at this moment. Yeah, like that was that was definitely a bigger issue. That said, I still think he was upset that she was texting his friend, her friend a little bit. Like, I do think yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a guy. If it was, you know, Gracie from earlier, I don't think he would have reacted the same way. For sure. Yeah. 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 And this is just one of those, you don't get to do this much. I think if you're, if you have a <sighs> gracious, I don't know what to say with it, because I don't think anybody should put up with that shit that, that he did. Like, that's not. No, I would blame zero people for being like, if he did that, being like, we're broken up. That's it. No. Yeah. Right. I would blame no people for that. But if he is lucky enough that she'll take it, you don't get to do that more than once or twice before they need to leave. Like they can't be around. Yeah. And especially because it sounds like this has happened before. Right. Like I was just uh, thinking about like the thing that the incident that led her to go back to prison because she broke curfew and she has been more real about it, saying they got in an argument and were fighting because of texts he saw from other guys. And it's like, well, it sounds like it's the same argument. And do I believe her side of the story after seeing how he reacted at dinner? Absolutely. His, oh, we were stargazing and lost track of time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And that that even producers like could call them out at the time on that. That was like, are you sure that's what happened? He was like, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and I think you were kind of talking about it offline. That's what, what is frustrating about him is up until we've seen him, it feels like this is the first time we've seen the real him. Yes. And up until now, he's been playing a character. Yep, definitely. I definitely got that impression. Like he's been trying to play this character of he is the reformed, romantic, uh, soft hearted, uh, you know, just uh, very emotional uh, person who, you know, is going to be such a good thing. He's going to be the uh, the rock and the person who's going to turn her life around, he's the hero, you know, even though he's got kind of a sketchy past himself. It's like that was definitely the picture he was trying to paint for us pretty much up until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what I don't get is – the other thing I don't get is why guys like this are so 
They just – and he wasn't – wouldn't – you know, the character he was playing wasn't this way. They're so misogynistic. Like immediately yeah. the first thing he says is, what am I, a woman? You think I'm a bitch? Like <laughs> I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to hang up on you like a female. Like what is it? This doesn't make right, like, right. Immediately they're like insult- – he's fighting with another guy and all they can both do is just bash women. Like I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty ridiculous because he, you know, once again going on about how sensitive he is and it's like, uh-huh, sure. Right. Exactly. All right. So uh, we didn't hear from Ashley and Travis this week, but a lot of crying in this episode, even though Ashley was not in it. (laughs) Crying sans Ashley, which is impressive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So who was your student of the week? Uh, I went with Justine Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, she apologized yeah that's always nice we see people apologize and a genuine apology like she does want to make things work you know reconnect and make things work again and she wasn't she was disappointed at, at almost as disappointed at the probation news as michael was but she didn't like make it about her like right. they still focused on on him which yeah. was that's a good partner yeah i actually went with chris um, simply because of how he reacted when Gabby kind of came clean, you know, and he was trying to be supportive. He even said, you know, like he wanted he wished he had known because he would have gone with her to the uh, PO meeting, you know, stuff like that or the, to go see the lawyer. He had the PO meeting. But mm-hmm. I just felt like we saw a softer side of Chris that didn't seem 100 percent motivated by sex and yes. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever else he had going on, it actually seemed like he genuinely cared about her in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. So um, class dunce. My class dunce, I actually went – I mean, I, there was a more obvious one, but I went with Derek. Yeah. Um, I went with Derek because his partner is honestly scared for her life right yeah. now. Yeah. And he knows exactly what's going on but won't right. tell her. Oh, so ridiculous. <laughs> and that is just awful. Like, that's bad. Yeah. Like, she was crying. She was at the point of tears. She was breaking down. They got back to the hotel room. She's still, like, having, like, post-traumatic stress about it, of doing it. And he is like, oh, yeah, I know who exactly what that was. And she'll be mad at me if I tell her, so I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah. That's not acceptable. Yeah, idiot. But uh, I went with the more obvious choice, who I'm <laughs> sure you uh, thought of, but Nathan – it's yeah, like, oh, exactly. to see this side of you. I feel like, you know, this. you were trying to play the long game, but it didn't work out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what about your lesson of the week? Um, so I said this was towards Gabby and it's – you got to own your mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. You can't – not everything happens because it, it – that sometimes you do get caught up in stuff, but not everything that happens is something that got caught up or if a cop lied. And especially when you have a list of like 10 things and it's yeah. like, wow, that's crazy how none of those 10 things that happened were your fault. It was all right. somebody else. I was just the but, wrong so place gotta, at the wrong time. And you're like, but you're never get your life's never going to get any better if you keep thinking that way and you don't say I made mistakes and I need to do something right. different. I was going uh, 90 to 45 and I was at the wrong place because there was a police there. <laughs> yes. The wrong place because there was a police officer in the wrong time because he was there right then. Yeah, yes. When I was just speeding by. Sure. Uh, my lesson of the week is for all the people involved in this car chase. If you're in a scary car chase, perhaps a strategy would be to drive to the police station. That's I feel what like I thought, it would right? either scare off the person following you at minimum, or you could at least report the craziness. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the other thing I always, I would always tell my kids and stuff. And I've, you know, advice I always heard is when you have, when something happens, don't run from danger, run to help. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. the fact that they're sitting there waiting for their security to get there and I was like, just drive to the police station. I know. Like, Plus we <laughs> saw their security. It looked like some, just some rando white dude in a hoodie. It's like, okay, that's intimidating. It not says really. security on his back though. Yeah. I bet I'm. <laughs> yeah. He probably had a gun. But. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back with the same group next yep. week then. See everybody then. Okay. Until then. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.